You're listening to STEM Essential, an Iowa Governor's STEM Advisory Council podcast. Hear from leading advocates and voices about why STEM education is crucial for our world today and tomorrow. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jeff Weld, Director of Iowa's STEM Council. STEM is Iowa's and our nation's edunomic development initiative, where education and economic development merge to improve lives and communities. The voices of leading edunomic developers are heard on this podcast, which is generously co-sponsored by Collins Aerospace and Mid-American Energy, proud partners of Iowa's STEM Council. Today's guest is Catherine Kuhnert, Vice President of Economic Connections and Integration at Mid-American Energy and a member of the Executive Committee of the Governor's STEM Advisory Council. Thank you for joining us, Catherine. Thanks, Jeff. Happy to be here with you. Appreciate the opportunity. Wonderful. Let's begin with a personal revelation, revelation, if you don't mind. Share with our STEM community something that few would know about you that had a profound or maybe a subtle profound impact on your own professional path or your current STEM practices making you who you are. Well, as I, as I think about that, Jeff, um, I'd like to think it's, it's maybe as I, with my Mid-American hat on, obviously, um, when we looked at the change in our own company and what was happening to us as we looked at the needs of our company and particularly due to workforce and the fact that we were going to have such a monumental change in our workforce. We were going to be having a large transition from uh, our current workforce to retirement. So that left a huge hole in all of the different uh, various assets and employees that we needed to meet the needs uh, to um, replace all of that experience and expertise that we know that was going to be transitioning into their next phase of in, in retirement. So we thought it was that that was a very aha eye opening moment when you're going to lose particularly 65% of your workforce over, say, a 10 year time span. And so it was one of those things Then you look at and you understand that all of the skill sets that you were losing, whether it was on the front lines with your, your line crews or your gas crews, but then you look internally as well and you think about your accounting expertise, your IT expertise, your treasury expertise, your communications expertise, your engineering expertise. And really, what are all the different skill sets that you needed? And at that point in time, then we were challenging ourselves as how do we replace that? What do we need to do? Where do we need to be engaged? And, and what is that path that we want to travel uh, to ensure that we have the long-term sustainability uh, within our company to serve our customers. And it became very clear that STEM uh, was the path to go because as I, as I rattled off all of those different professions, there's not a single one of them uh, that doesn't affect or have an impact from STEM. And so I think it was really, really important for us to understand uh, that we had to make sure that we had the right skill sets and that we had the ability to attract as well. And it was also important to us, too, to understand that a lot of our workforce represents all different, obviously, um, skill sets and jobs, and that not all of it was college education-based. 
And so that was another really important reason to get into to STEM and recognize that many of the skill sets that were supported by STEM across um, all the various boundaries and sectors uh, really have, uh, have an impact to play. So I think that was my, uh, our aha, you know, our aha moment, so to speak, um, about what it meant to have a, a prepared workforce and what it really meant uh, to ensure that you had that long-term sustainability uh, for uh, making sure that you had all the skill sets and all the different um, jobs, you know, properly prepared for. Yeah, wonderful insights. So, Catherine, Mid-American uh, competes for that talent, obviously, with a variety of other sectors. Those same sorts of talents that you've cited as valuable under your shop's roof are also the same talents that the manufacturing community is clamoring for, the research community, the healthcare industry, the IT sector. How does Mid-American compete for um, these uh, relatively rare talents that uh, so many are also chasing? Well, I, I would like to say, first of all, our, our culture helps us compete. Um, a, a very proud uh, employee of Mid-American Energy, and I always say it's, it's the people that really matter. And so I think the culture that we have, as well as the ability for our employees to really uh, take advantage uh, of the situation that's uh, provided to them at Mid-American to advance their skills. Uh, there's a new uh, opportunities provided to them every day. And I think the fact that you're part of an essential service, uh, and if you look at where we're at today, uh, the need uh, and the talent and the skills that our, our employees provide to ensure that we have that, you know, that reliable, affordable energy, even in a crisis, and and not miss a beat. I think that's uh, something that we like to um, say that we're also very proud of, and that we focus on safety and health and well-being of our employees is really a, a competitive advantage in all the different skill sets and and resources then that we bring to the table. And I think we provide just a, a unique opportunity of the various things that we get to touch all day, every day, uh, all the different needs that our customers have to support, whether it's a manufacturing industry or the insurance industry or a school or a hospital or re really even a community. What are those needs of a community that as a utility provider uh, we touch and feel every day and, and the value that we bring uh, to support all of the various industries and, and all of the community needs. And, you know, it's simple from keeping your lights on. Nobody wants to think about that, right? You just want it there. You want your power there. And so I think having uh, the ability to do that and, and have that hands-on impact all day, every day on somebody's life, I think is really, really uh, important to our employees and the fact that we have such a huge task at hand all day, every day, and to deliver it very, very safely to our customers, I think is really important. And just the long-term sustainability that we bring uh, to all of our customers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mid-American employees never have to go to bed at night wondering if they made a difference today at work. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great advantage. Uh, I want to focus just back on you a little bit, Catherine, personally. What does a VP, a vice president for economic connections and integration 
do for the company? So um, I get, I'm blessed. I have uh, many hats that I, I get to wear. Obviously, um, we work with, I say, my job is responsible for all of our external relationships uh, at the business level and above. So that's our business customers, our large uh, customers, whether it's in a tech company, a manufacturer, ethanol, um, all those customers. We also have all the community relations. Um, we have all the economic development aspects that a utility uh, provides uh, to our communities. Um, we do all of our sponsorships and donations uh, through my team. Um, we do all of our corporate citizenship work. So get to affect a lot of uh, positive uh, impacts uh, with our customers to ensure that they have what they need um, and that we're there as their partner. And that's, I think, what is really great about our job is we're, we're, we're the partner that helps drive jobs, that we help drive uh, community strategies, uh, that we help uh, institute or invest in the changes that are needed uh, to create that long-term sustainability, uh, create that resiliency that our customers are expecting. So we're really uh, the face of the company for those customers uh, to ensure that they have that safe, uh, affordable and reliable energy um, brought to them uh, with the renewable aspect to it as well. Wonderful. And we're grateful at the STEM Council that one of the relationships you've targeted for building is by serving on the Governor's STEM Advisory Council. Thank you. So, Catherine, in the event that there's some kids out there listening to this podcast or, or parents or teachers who um, are coaching kids toward careers of the future and they are inspired by what you do in particular, what are the skill sets or habits of mind um, or knowledge bases that you recommend if, uh, if a young Iowan aspires to do what you do, uh, what sort of advice do you give them to prepare for that pathway? So I think there's many different careers uh, at Mid-American Energy that have long-term uh, value and, and are very successful and create an amazing uh, life uh, for folks. Uh, and whether you're in a rural community or a, a more urban community, there's so many aspects. And obviously, you think about technology, particularly anything that touches technology uh, is incredibly important, uh, whether you know, you're working for us or if you're working for an industry, a manufacturer, anything technology, I think, is incredibly important. Um, and I also think then about the fact that uh, communication skills are incredibly important. Just the ability to uh, connect uh, different pieces to work uh, smarter uh, and be more effective, I think, are really uh, important. And I think uh, also think boldly, think differently um, and the fact that there are many opportunities out there. I think sometimes we have to really understand what our opportunities are. I think if you look at Mid-American more specifically, you, you may think of just the pipes and the wires. But as I indicated earlier, there are so many careers at Mid-American Energy and, and they're transferable to other companies as well. So when you have a strong workforce at our company, it supports strong workforces, I believe, at other companies as well. And so whether it's, you know, with a strong math to support, you know, accounting or treasury or the financial side of a business or with technology, if it's IT, engineering, uh, uh, system planning, all those different sorts of things. And I think it's really critically important to understand the different 
careers that are available. And I call them careers because I believe at our, we're blessed at MidAmerican that it's not just a job. It's an actual career uh, that individuals can have. And I think they need to understand that there's different paths to take. You know, some can go on to college. Uh, that makes sense for some. But some of our, our best jobs and careers at MidAmerican are not necessarily college-based. Our apprentice program that we have for our linemen and our journeymen um, and for our gas operators, it's, it's just absolutely amazing opportunity for those individuals who choose that path. They get to work outdoors. They get to work with their hands uh, along with their minds. They get to touch technology. They get to think of new creative ways to serve that customer to design a, a system. And so I think there's so many opportunities uh, for certificates and apprenticeships and, and training and licensures uh, that people need to consider. And so another reason we got so involved with STEM was to do just that. We knew that, you know, how people may think of a utility is much different than what we actually are. And so we knew we had to engage with teachers and with parents and, and with students alike and get started with them early so that when they started to make choices of diff take, considering different paths, we needed to get in front of them to have them understand that, hey, if you took math, there's a job for you at MidAmerican. Hey, if you took engineering, there's a job for you at MidAmerican. If you took technology, IT, um, procurement, all of those things um, have an opportunity for you at MidAmerican. And so many of the things that you see us partner with and invest in is the ability for people to learn early, both the parent and the student and the educator, to recognize the opportunities for that career uh, within our utility. Right. So much is about awareness of the jobs that exist in our state, the careers, opportunities that exist in our state. In fact, I want to turn toward that uh, focus on uh, K-12 STEM education and workforce development. It's the theme of this uh, conversation we're having. And it's a relatively new ask of educators to see themselves as workforce developers. In fact, uh, to some, and I'm sure there will be listeners to this podcast who are educators who say, workforce development's not my issue. My issue is to pr produce a, a, a competent, functional, healthy citizen. Um, but STEM has definitely put a workforce development thrust into the K-12 education world. What do you say to educators and others uh, about the role of K-12 STEM in workforce development who, who might say that sounds like someone else's job? That's interesting to me, Jeff, because I think it ties into some of my previous response is the fact that when I have my economic development hat and we're talking to business recruitment people all the time who are thinking about either expanding their business here or locating their business here, it, regardless of what type of industry uh, sector we're talking to, that one the top three uh, ability to locate or, or stay in, a, in an area is, is workforce. And so we're competing for workforce globally. And it is very important that we may ensure our talent is ready to go when we have those opportunities to retain or expand or attract existing business. And they, they need to know what is that pipeline look like long term. And if you understand what that pipeline long term is, then you have a, a leg up. You have that competitive advantage 
when you're doing that business recruitment, attention, and retraction work uh, from the economic development aspect. Because that employer needs to know that even if there is a blip in the screen with uh, their workforce, that they've got a way to attract new and that that pipeline is constantly generating. And it takes all of us. And the, the educators in particular have to be aware of what that opportunity is so that when they're looking at filling uh, through the education aspect, that pipeline, they know that they're uh, properly preparing that student for their future uh, career path. And what are some of the uh, tactics or strategies you and MidAmerica have been a part of or, or that you know of that have taken place in Iowa or somewhere across the country that help today's teachers dial in to that product that's being sought by the world of business and industry. I, you could argue that myself, I came out of teacher preparation in the 1980s and uh, I, I'm obviously not in the business of teaching at this time, but many of my peers are. And what do you what do you see happening that's keeping those folks up to speed as your needs change, the talents that are brought in with new employees change, and for educators to keep up with that rate of change and what sort of strategies um, employers like you are employing to do that? We're doing, I, I would say, several things to hit on different uh, cylinders so that you know we're just not singularly focused because we know we too have to work across various opportunities uh, to capture uh, that workforce uh, down and down the road, so to speak. Um, so we do several things. We are very actively engaged with FTC. We literally sponsor every FTC team in our service area in Iowa. Um, so that's one way to really connect with that student and that teacher and that parent um, to get up in front of those folks that they understand, um, you know, that what they're doing by learning how to use that robot, that that transfers pretty darn quickly into using those skill sets in, in the utility industry. So that's one thing. We do a lot of recruitment uh, on college campuses uh, and, and with high schools. So I think that's a, a huge piece for people to understand. And we're out there. We're proactively going uh, to the student as well. We're very active with internships, uh, very, very active. Um, and I mentioned our apprenticeships. Uh, so that's something that I think is very valuable uh, to our long-term workforce strategy. Uh, also, we are investing very heavily in the career academies uh, that are being stood up across our, our state uh, that you can be very proud of that you're a part of as well. Um, those career academies are, 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 I think, the key to our future. Um, and it brings into all of the into the student uh, aspects of what is needed uh, when they get into the workforce and, and actually into that uh, that place of employment. And so the career academies, uh, you know, for instance, here in Des Moines and in and in Waterloo and Sioux, uh, uh, Sioux City and Council Bluffs are just some great examples of um, where we uh, invest both with our financial resources and our employee resources. And I think it's also too um, important to recognize that through our corporate citizenship program, which is CARES, which stands for our community uh, community enhancements, the C, arts and cultures, the A, R is environmental respect, E is education, STEM, and safety. And so we have one of our pillars of giving is focused on education and STEM. And I think it, that focus helps us to really dial in to all of the various initiatives and opportunities 
for us to partner with um, to ensure that we're getting out in front of our future workforce um, that has that long-term impact. Mm, wonderful. Setting a wonderful example for employers across Iowa, across the nation who uh, seek ways to engage more in the development of their future employees. Well done. So let's talk about current status of STEM education generally. Uh, Catherine, you watch all this closely. You're an active participant in the STEM education uh, movement. Uh, how would you characterize in general? I, clearly, MidAmerican is deeply involved on a number of levels in enhancing the preparatory pipeline for employees. What's your opinion overall about the status of STEM education today in Iowa, as well as regionally and across the country? Are we where we need to be? Are we on the way? Are we uh, taking too long for your uh, inclination? How would you characterize current status? I think the current status is, is solid. Uh, I think, you know, we can all be very proud of uh, Iowa as definitely, I, I believe, a leader. And I can see that with the things, some of the things that I've mentioned, just what, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in small town. I remember the Holstein kids that came in and presented to our board uh, STEM council meeting. That was impressive. That's a small rural Iowa town. And what those kids were doing with technology and computers um, and they, that's game changing. So I think that's really important to recognize that it knows no boundaries. And I think Iowa can be very proud that we have torn down boundaries, that we're just not limited to where there's a, a large population or uh, a concentrated wealth of whether it's financial or other uh, to be able to elevate STEM. I think the fact that it's a, a a public part, a public-private partnership that has come together, um, I think, is critically important. I think that elevates our ability to um, continue to lead um, and really be um, assertive with our work. And so, I think there's several things there that make us very proud and can understand the fact that we've lifted up apprenticeships, the fact that we're focused on upskilling, the fact that we've got those career academies. Uh, our, obviously, our community college is partnering with our, 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 our regents' universities. I think are incredibly important aspects to show. I, th I think the fact that we have externships, the fact that our teachers are becoming much more engaged to understand what businesses are actually needing uh, so that they can take that back to the classroom. So I think all that collaboration, that coordination, um, it shows that Iowa is really doing some things well. Um, and I would almost say that we're probably doing them better than most because we have torn down so many of the, the barriers and we've taken our challenges and turned them into opportunities. Yeah, well said, and I completely agree. We've got all the players on the court. I don't see anybody in the bleachers watching this uh, STEM crusade go by. That is correct. So let's uh, do a crystal ball thing. That's kind of current status and, and your hopeful optimism is uh, recognized there with all the wonderful activities taking place in Iowa. A lot of great leadership and vision and a lot of intrepid educators and employers, I think, making the current status uh, pretty strong in our state. What about 10 years out, 40 years out? Let's go to year 2030, year 2050. What do you see for uh, STEM education a decade out, a half of a century out? How's it going to look different than it looks now? You know, that's that's really hard to tell. But I think with some of the, the strategies and plans that we have in place, and if we implement them, if we continue to invest in them, 
I believe that we'll continue to see the changes be advanced, uh, whether it's through the technology aspect of it, um, continually to um, have the internships and the apprenticeships uh, expand uh, and continue to grow that workforce to support the needs of manufacturing. Because uh, we're not going to change who we are. We're a, you know, we're a manufacturing, uh, we're a finance, uh, we're an egg state. Uh, and so I think the things that we can do to ensure that we are focusing on the needs to build on our strengths and capitalize on the opportunities that we have here. I mean, we're not going to change from the fact that we feed the world. And all of the technologies that we see uh, that are being advanced and are being, uh, you know, investigated and being researched, uh, I think all of that is going to continue to uh, build. And I think the fact that it's also a very not only is it a, uh, a statewide issue, but it's a nonpartisan issue. Uh, and I will say the fact that we are continually investing in it, both with our resources of people and money and time, uh, and that we've made it our priority. Uh, and Iowa has a strong track record, obviously, in education. And, and we're not letting, as you say, we're not letting the gas up on that. Um, so I believe that if we continue to stay focused, I think the other thing is we got to think bold and we got to think big. One of my sayings that I always use with my team is if we're doing today what we did yesterday, we're already behind for tomorrow. And so I think if we uh, we cannot hesitate to try uh, new things and think outside the box, um, that's a that's a very cliche type term. But I think it's something we need to continue to embrace in Iowa is to think bold uh, and think big uh, and think differently uh, so that we can create that competitive advantage uh, here for our long-term employers, uh, much for the future to come. Right on. And I do love the fact that STEM education in our state and everywhere is a nonpartisan issue. There's something for everybody to love when you get STEM education right. And uh, I think we're, we're well on the way there. So you think about as you say, staying focused and thinking big and, and being bold. And and uh, and then there must be inhibitors that we need to watch for. The, the question I would have asked you is, what are some threats to that future vision for STEM education? You started naming them. If we don't stay focused, if we aren't thinking big and, and being bold, and what are some of the inhibitors that come to mind that will prevent us from that focus that you feel we need and that big vision that is going to be essential? Well, I think, you know, some of them that are, I think, are right in front of our face that we still have to fit, fix. And I know it's, uh, it is a focus and people are working on it, but our connectivity, uh, we just have to continue to focus on that until it's actually fixed and implemented. Uh, we've been talking about connectivity for a very long time uh, and we need to, we need to bring that over the finish line. So I think that that is one issue that we need to get all behind here sooner rather than later. Um, and it, 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 there's just no reason not to do that. So I think that's huge. I think the other thing is we still need to work on, uh, I think, the stigma that comes in with the manufacturing job and, you know, the old-fashioned factory thing. Uh, I think we're fools if we think that manufacturing is what our grandfathers or even fathers worked in. It's, it's very high-tech. It's very... Uh, fast-paced, it's very clean, um, and it's very uh, forward-thinking. And the skills and the education that you need to compete uh, in the manufacturing industry today is so different. 
And so I think it's really, really important that we educate our students and our parents to recognize the value um, in the careers that are in the manufacturing industry and how they've changed and transformed and that this generation and the generations to come are much, much different. So those are a couple of the things that I think come to pass uh, almost immediately, Jeff, that we need to address currently. And when we get those, I think, uh, managed and, and get our arms around those, then I think we'll be even more successful and be even more competitive. Yes, indeed. So Catherine, if you had a magic wand that you could wave over the system of K-12 STEM education and you cite challenges that we're going to have to uh, navigate having to do with connectivity and uh, perceptions of the skilled technical workforce, if you had this magic wand and you could instantly transform K-12 education or informal education for that matter, so much of what kids learn is learned at night and on weekends at camps and science centers and uh, what have you, and of course there's higher education. This is the system, right? This three-legged stool system of education that prepares a future STEMer. And of course, I should factor in prominently the role of parents in there as a fourth leg. What would you do with this magic wand? What would you implement? What would you declare or decree that these uh, systems change in order to help realize this potential? Yeah, I, I would say stick to the basics <laughs> um, and really understand the value of, of, of the basics and, and, and focus on them um, and advance those to the next level. And, and I would make sure that there is great connectivity uh, with the business world um, to understand the fact that what the future holds um, and not to isolate a school from a business and vice versa. I think that you know, we've created that path, Jeff, but we, if I could put my golden wand out there, as you suggest, I would make sure that there, we tear down those boundaries even more and ensure that there is complete connectivity, not only <laughs> through fiber and broadband, but complete connectivity on what are the resources that an employer really needs for a student to bring to them and that our educators focus on those specific skill sets and tools that are needed. Right on. I would guess if you polled our STEM council, that would be a favorite aspect of the work we're all doing together is connecting, reconnecting the worlds of education and the world of employment, commerce, um, workforce. And we're definitely making headway there. Thank you. Um, wrapping it up, Catherine, I'm inspired by your, your vision and your commitment and your company's commitment to this uh, opportunity we have in STEM education, our leadership position nationwide here in Iowa. Uh, take us out with um, something that you heard lately or something that you did, that your company did, something you read, something that occurred to you uh, one late night, something that inspired you about STEM education in Iowa or across the nation that's really giving you a lot of hope lately. Well, I'm, I'm going to look at us here a little bit internally, and uh, we have built uh, at MidAmerican a training center uh, for our employees uh, to be able to provide the latest uh, technology uh, for our employees. And it's a state-of-the-art training center in particularly that focuses on technology uh, for our crews that are out uh, working to, to keep the lights on and the uh, heat flowing uh, for each and every one of our customers. And I think the technology that we have brought to our employees 
is really inspiring uh, for that long term. And I think, as I've said earlier, the skills that they learn are very transferable. And just the fact that the investment that we're making in our employees and that long term future for the sustainability then of our state uh, is, I, and I think for our customers is, is huge because if we have a strong workforce ourselves, I think the investment and the commitment that we have made in our employees uh, is incredibly important uh, for our customers to ensure that they know that they've got um, very well-qualified people uh, running that system that they need to not have to think about. And um, I think that's been a, a very big aha moment for us, uh, and particularly for me as I see the investments that we're making to support our employees that you know, impact the sustainability of our businesses and our community. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking for a few million customers, thank you for building it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Can't wait to show it off. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Ah, Catherine Kuhnert, Vice President of Economic Connections and Integration for Mid-American Energy. Thank you for sharing your compelling vision of STEM with Iowans and our partners across the country. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for this opportunity. And uh, thank you for all that you are doing as the leader of the Governor's STEM Council. And thank you for having our involvement. Uh, it's quite an honor uh, to be a part of it. And it's certainly exciting uh, to recognize and know that our state is such a leader uh, in the STEM education for our students. Thank you so much, Catherine. This has been episode two of STEM Essential, a podcast series featuring the voices of edunomic innovation brought to you by the Iowa Governor STEM Advisory Council. Thank you all for listening. Please join me next week to hear from Dr. Mark Putnam, president of Central College in Pella, who will take up higher education STEM. Today's and all STEM Essential podcasts are available at iowastem.gov forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to STEM Essential. This podcast is generously co-sponsored by Collins Aerospace and Mid-American Energy, proud partners of Iowa STEM Council. To learn more and find resources, please visit iowastem.gov.